Welcome to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing. And we're here with some tips for your new year. And hopefully you'll find some help here. But uh, first I want to introduce who's here with me. First of all, I'm Chaplain Jim. Hey, I'm Dr. Reed. I'm Dr. Jerry. And Tech Sergeant Jacqueline. And we know this time of year, we're all kind of concerned about our fitness. We've just come off the holidays. We might've eaten a little too much pecan pie or pecan, depending on how you pronounce it. And you're thinking, what do I need to do to get ready for my either next fitness test or your fitness goals? Because we all know your summer body is made in the winter. So right now, how do you achieve your goals? Because all of us are in different places. Some of us have older kids here in this room. Some of us have younger kids. So we want to start with kind of what the barriers are, like what the challenges are to reaching your fitness goals. And we're talking about fitness goals because this is a common time of year when people will uh, make those New Year's resolutions and decide that they want to improve something about themselves physically. Uh, more often than not, they, that's the type of goal they set for themselves. And we talk a lot in the military about uh, being smart when you, you set your goals, a smart acronym. Um, but that doesn't always give us a good mechanism to uh, set and be consistent with these types of goals, at least not um, anywhere past January or February. And so we wanted to talk about um, some ways that you can not only sustain these goals for the longer term and plan for some of the obstacles and barriers, um, but be realistic in how you set these initial goals in the first place. So um, I'm not experiencing any PT test anxiety right now because I took mine in November. So I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good until November. But I think I do want to um, address some of the anxieties that people feel um, around fitness. You know, a lot of people are at this time of the year probably shooting on themselves, which is a phrase I use sometimes, you know, like, oh, I really should be getting back into fitness or I should be doing this. This is a year that I'm going to, quote unquote, be a better person or, you know, mm -hmm. setting these kind of vague, or not smart goals, to your point, uh, Dr. Jerry. Um, but I want to talk about the anxiety because it can be a barrier uh, to, to achieving fitness or any other goals that we set for ourselves. And I want to point out that um, something that um, is a pet peeve of mine is that mm -hmm whenever there's anxiety, there is some product or service out there that marks it's, itself as uh, a way to kind of uh, mitigate that anxiety. So hmm. right now, I don't know about you, but uh, all over my social media feed, I'm seeing all kinds of uh, products and services, whether that's for personal trainers or this particular uh, smoothie, you know, uh, meal replacement thing or anything that would uh, just sort of take care of that. They're making it too easy for me, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it may be preying on people's anxieties about their ability to achieve their goals. Absolutely. And, and another source of that anxiety besides just societal expectations and feeling like this is something we're sh supposed to do uh, is our past failures at these mm -hmm. attempts. And so we've made some changes in the past and they just weren't sustainable. Or we tried to, to eat less, to work out more frequently or, or try a different workout plan. And it just wasn't something we were able to keep up over, you know, the period of a few weeks or several months. <clears throat> and so we find ourselves in a situation now where we're looking at trying to achieve this goal maybe for the fifth or sixth or 20th time. And just like quitting smoking, we have the ultimate relapse and um, get depressed and, and anxious about ever restarting yeah. it again. With that being said, it does take time to formulate new habits. You can't mm -hmm wake up, go, you know, go to bed on the 31st of December and say tomorrow on the 1st of January, my life is going to be changed. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I'm going to be physically fit. It takes time. It takes two to three weeks to really establish a habit. And that includes working out. So you start slowly. I am a runner, but I've 
neglected my running over the last few months. So I know that I have to start. And if that start means 10 minutes until I build my endurance and stamina back up, then so be it. But mm-hmm. I can't, I'm not going to be able to run a marathon tomorrow, but slowly I can add add time or add speed or whatever, but it's it just doesn't happen overnight. And we have to be realistic about our own expectations. Yeah, how many of us have fallen into that trap of like picking a significant date, like New Year's or a birthday or something. Or Monday. Or Monday. True. <laughs> right. Whatever the case may be, and just saying like, all right, this is the first day of the rest of my life. Now that's true in one sense. There's There's no better time than the present to start on something, but Sometimes we rely too much on big anniversaries or dates to be, well, this will surely be the kick in the pants that I need. But I hope that you will talk more about, because I remember in a previous podcast that we did with you, you talked about you weren't always a runner. No, I wasn't always a runner. And not to belabor the point, but I deployed in 2014 to Afghanistan, and I was about 40 pounds overweight. And I every time I think of that, I just cringe. And... I made up my mind when I go on this deployment, I'm going to leave here a runner. That was my goal. Mm -hmm. I had six months, six and a half months to do it in. And I didn't I didn't care if I was a fast runner, but I was going to be a runner. I ran my first mile about 15 minutes and it was just it was horrible. And at that very moment, I could have said, you know what, this I'm I'm not going to do this because 15 minutes, that's. For one mile, that's a really long time. Most people could walk a mile in 15 minutes. <laughs> but I was determined, and I, um, I I stayed strong, and I stayed motivated, even though I wasn't always motivated. But I got up to five miles before I left that deployment. And my very last mile that I ran in Afghanistan, I ran it in eight minutes and nine seconds. Hmm. 15, so I shaved basically my run time, my mile run time by half. And... I told myself I will never, ever, ever be in that position again. And it's been almost five years and I haven't been back in that position, but it's taken time. It took me, after that, it took me two years to run my first half marathon. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen overnight and I wasn't a runner overnight. And deployment is like a good space, right? That's a, people start a lot of goals on deployments because there is some space carved out for them. And Jerry, Mm -hmm. you're talking about Barriers. I think that was one of the topics yeah. you intended. Like, I, what if you don't have the luxury of a deployment? Uh, right. That sounds yeah. said no one ever. Right. Luxury. <laughs> no. But. Tech Sergeant Jacqueline's right. I mean, um, I, I experienced a, a similar thing when I was deployed. I ended up uh, losing something like forty or fifty pounds over the wow. course of that deployment. Mm-hmm. But it's because I was away from family. I didn't have to deal with kids or cooking meals, grocery shopping, any of no that distractions. stuff. Distractions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I basically I worked. I exercised. I slept. You know, rinse, repeat every single day for six, seven months. Um, life's a lot simpler in, in a lot of ways on deployment. And when you come back home um, to all those responsibilities, it can be a lot more difficult. You have a lot more barriers and obstacles um, in your way to, to maintaining those fitness goals. And so I know we are just talking, the four of us, um, about how we all have families, we all have kids of various ages, and uh, sometimes those responsibilities are gonna get in the way of some personal goals that we have for ourselves. And we have to figure out how we're going to um, make time for those things that are important for us and be very intentional, especially when it comes to those fitness goals and make sure that our significant others and everybody else who could be affected by that are on board. Yeah, I think um, this is a great this is a great point. So Jerry, a couple of weeks ago, uh, invited me to start playing racquetball with him, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, Dr. Jerry is an actual racquetball player. Um, I am not a competitive a... racquetball player. <laughs> so Dr. Jerry is very competitive uh, across all uh, spheres of his life. <laughs> 
Um, I played racquetball last in college, and I think it, it was apparent the first time that we played <laughs> and the second time that we played. We had fun. <laughs> uh, you might have had fun. <laughs> I was sore for no good reason. But uh, so, anyway, yeah, I did have a lot of fun, and th that in and of itself was sort of motivating uh, to want to play. And I think that's important, picking something that, that can be fun. Mm -hmm. But going back to what you said about family, and, you know, my family has goals. Uh, my family has expectations and there's a certain culture in my family. And one of those things is you're around for those important transition times, whether mm. that's in the morning or the afternoon when kids are getting home from school or transitioning, you know, the witching hour at five o'clock. Mm -hmm. I need your help with homework and, uh, you know, dinner and, you know, getting, you know, bedtime routines. That doesn't leave a lot of time for, you know, spending hours at the gym. So I, I want to acknowledge that some of these mm -hmm. barriers include maybe having a conversation with uh, your partner or whoever it is you're hoping will support you in your fitness goals about, hey, this might be tantamount to some pretty big changes in our family. And absolutely, you're right. And for me, um, at least when my, my kid was um, still a little baby, the only times where I could reasonably get away to actually go leave the house and go to the gym was either early in the morning before the rest of the family woke up or after everybody went to bed. And so it was cutting into my sleep schedule, but mm -hmm. that's, that was feasibly the only time where I could really do that if I wanted to go to the gym and get a formal workout in. Um, but that said, there are other alternatives to getting some kind of uh, mechanism of physical activity. And in fact, um, my wife and I, after um, you know she gave birth and was trying to lose the baby weight and everything, we would um, all of us as a family go on a walk together. Mm -hmm. and I'd strap the kid in one of those you know little dad packs on my front, and we'd go nice. hike the Nolan Trail, um, or we'd throw him in the stroller and just walk around the neighborhood. I mean, those were some days. That's all the <laughs> exercise that we could get, but it was better Absolutely. than nothing. Killing two yeah. birds with one stone. Too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and for me, my, we talked about it as a family, and I have a 13, 11, and 8-year-old, and they love going to the gym. And in our gym here on Langley, there's actually a room for parents where you can bring a child mm -hmm. that can that you can work out in the room safely. Mm -hmm. yep. And I now work out with my son, who's 13, in the afternoons. They enjoy that. When they were little, um, we had to buy a spin bike off of a popular online website that delivers in two days. And what they <laughs> sent it to me is I, we were able to sit and I put my baby and my, at that point, Samantha and a carrier and yeah. I was able to actually play video games with a headset because she wouldn't sleep like in the middle of the night. And I'm like, this is awesome. I can get some serious, I won't say the game, but playing this game um, and move and spin. And I'm like, this is amazing. Now my workouts at that age were like a stroller going for a walk or a run, like packing yeah. them in. We were in Colorado, it's cold, but pack them in warm and go for a run. I mean, whatever you can do to get movement in it, at any age. The other thing is you don't have to do the gym at, 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 uh, um, for your workout. There are plenty of DVD services, mm -hmm. online services, even YouTube. You can go look at a workout and do it in your living room. Mm -hmm. And the, so really you can find a way to get some kind of movement in, which is the goal. Yeah. Also, I think that you need to be realistic about when you go to the gym or when you schedule your workouts. If I try to tell myself that I'm gonna work out in the mornings, that will never happen for me because I have a four-year-old, I have two dogs, I'm single parenting right now. So I know that I cannot get up and go to the gym in the morning because I just, there's no possible way for that to happen. Sure. So I make sure that I schedule my gym time for the afternoon before I even pick my child up. So I have that time for myself to be able to get my workout in, mm -hmm. not have to worry about what am I gonna do with her and then after I'm done, I pick her up and continue on with life. But I'm realistic knowing that it's not going to work for me in the mornings, at least right now while my husband's gone. So 
maybe later, but right now I know the afternoon works for me. And you're exactly right. Like you have to know when it works for you. Now for many of you're in the parenting stage, single parenting stage for all mm -hmm, intents and purposes right. for just a few more days. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> if you're, let's say a commander, a senior NCO, you don't have little ones, my suggestion always is to work out in the morning. Working out in the morning is correlated with higher levels of leadership. Mm -hmm. However, it also may be the only time you go. When I talk to senior leaders all across this wing and across the Air Force, they bring their gym bag and they know an airman at the gym is an airman on duty and they've scheduled that time. And when I say, how many times do you bring that? Have you ever opened that bag? And they will start laughing <laughs> because they've never gone in the afternoon. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. what they Stuff do because happens. family time takes mm -hmm. over. So I, my suggestion and what I see, even with the comac in the morning here in the gym, Mm -hmm. Like you have to come in the morning if you're senior leader without. In, at well, it's a, it's a great way to start your day and and to you know get the get the blood pumping, get those uh, hormones circulating. Your your stress hormones are actually the highest. Uh, they peak right in the the very uh, beginning of your day when you first wake up, and they taper off uh, gradually throughout the day. So by the afternoon, you're losing energy. You're exhausted from your day. All you want to do is go home, and that uh, exercise plan you had can sometimes be the first thing that goes out the window. Yeah, I think we've probably talked uh, on the pillars before about uh, you know finding the right timing for you. You know, maybe you're a, a morning lark. I think we heard this phrase yesterday, mm -hmm. or night owl. You know, knowing something about yourself and where you have those productive periods is probably a, a good way to start thinking about where to put your, your gym time or your exercise time. But what I'm hearing kind of around the table is that there's lots of room for innovation, you know, when it comes to this. And, you know, it, it may just, we talk about innovation a lot, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that we think about innovation in this sense, but it may take some really creative thinking about how to get this really important aspect of our, uh, of our military lives uh, to be a regular thing so that we can continue to hit those goals. Um, as we look around the, uh, the Enterprise and the Air Force, we're hearing about uh, changes to PT coming up. We're talking about Tier 2 testing. If you've uh, you know, been on the interwebs this week, you've, you've probably seen some uh, information about that coming out, as well as you know, new information about uh, readiness. And uh, they're also talking about uh, the idea of maybe being able to PT test at a moment's notice, you know, getting so, a little bit of lead time, but being able to essentially, you know, we always say uh, stay ready, don't get ready. Um, so this, this may take some real dedicated thought and some innovation. You know, we, I just want to highlight, you know, the, the uh, 51st Intelligence Squadron down at Shaw. You know, they innovated and came up with uh, a great program, you know, a, a program that's celebrated, celebrated across our wing, really, um, that's targeting, um, you know, post-maternal uh, mothers and sort of their efforts to get uh, back into the swing of things. And I think whether it's programs or, you know, just uh, some leadership or, or whatever it might be, I think we need to look at breaking down barriers in our life, personal barriers, but maybe there's organizational barriers. Leaders can set expectations that, hey, um, I'm giving you three hours a week to go mm -hmm. uh, PT um, and being really dogged about that and being serious about uh, giving that time to your airmen. If you don't have squadron PT uh, regularly, you got you to gotta find that time. And that's something that uh, I've talked with a lot of airmen about is um, that time may be tacitly available to them, but not many people will take it because mm -hmm. they feel like they have too much to do at work um, or they feel like it wouldn't be seen as acceptable within their flights or within their squadron. Um, but I think that's something as uh, Air Force leaders, we need to almost enforce that you will take those three hours a week out of your schedule to, to make intentional time for fitness. Absolutely. Because 
your health isn't going to slip dramatically over the course of one day, right? And mm -hmm. so that's why it's usually the first thing to go. In the press of the day, if you've got something that you can be achieving at your desk or a tasker that you're trying to respond to, PT, you, you've pushed it off in the past, probably you can push it off again another day. Mm -hmm. Your chances are you're not gonna have a heart attack tonight or something terrible isn't gonna happen. It's just that insidious creep though that happens and you get into these patterns of behavior where over periods of time, your health does start to decline. That's a great point. And you point. can't fix it all in one day. Well, weight creep is very we real. I mean, just a few extra calories or a few missed workouts um, of each week over the course of a year can uh, add to five to 10 extra pounds in that year. And over the course of your 20 year career, all of a sudden you're this incredibly obese person and you don't know quite how it happened. And that's why it's point, uh, important to do just at least a little bit every single day um, so that it doesn't creep up on you. And, uh, you know, Brene Brown has a lot of great talks out there. I don't know if you guys have, have seen some of her YouTube videos or her TED Talks. But one thing that she um, said, and I think she quoted the original person who said this was, the 20-minute walk I did today is better than the four-mile run I didn't do. And I think that's important <laughs> to keep in yeah. context. Yeah. Because sometimes we, we hold ourselves to these lofty ideals like, I've got to get this great, big workout in, um, and if I don't find time for it, it doesn't happen, oh, well, I'll just push it to the next day. But even just doing a little each day can, can help, um, over the grander scheme of things, prevent that weight creep. I know, um, like I was talking before about how my wife and I had to get creative um, with the baby around uh, as to when we worked out, um, there'd be times where we would literally just hold the kid up against our chest and do squats in our living room. I mean, that, that counted as our workout. In between, we're watching football games. Um, actually did that uh, this year. During the commercial breaks, I'd do squats or push-ups. And over the course of an entire football game, that added up to like 300 squats and 200 push-ups. That's Ouch. a good workout. And there's actually organizations for folks, uh, although I won't say the name, that involve strollers and walking, mm -hmm. where they have groups that get together and do fitness around that activity with the little one. So there, there is always a way to get a workout in. And if you say there's no possible way, really you're just making an excuse. That's the bottom line. And, and we've all been there and it's been and, and there are difficult times. I'm not trying to be mean or harsh, but there's there's no reason that you can't do it. Um, in some way, over a five-day period, getting like three 20 to 30-minute workouts, there's, there's, no, there's no way. There's I, no excuse. Absolutely. I think the point is that we need to sometimes broaden what we think of in terms of what a workout is. Correct. It doesn't have to be going to the gym, getting on the elliptical or treadmill for 20, 30 minutes or doing certain, yeah, it could be something just uh, It could be walking up that. and down your stairs, which I mean, I've had to do with a sick child, walking up and down stairs for a half hour. It, it's a workout. Beyond it being good for you physically, it's also good for you mentally. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could have the worst day, and sure, I want to get my fitness in for the physical aspect of it because it's kind of a requirement to be in the military. But at the end of a workout, I feel my head's clear. Mm -hmm. I just overall, I feel better. And then the next day, I feel good when I'm sore because I know then that I got a good workout in. So it's not just good for you physically, but mentally. I feel like I can withstand a little bit more stress if I'm consistently working out rather than if I'm not. That's a great point. And a big part of the reason for that, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to cardiovascular exercise, is um, the, the um, deprivation of oxygen that happens in that cardiovascular exercise produces lactic acid and actually mm -hmm. helps to break down some of the hormones that cause stress in the first place. Right. So you're actually getting a double whammy. You're negating the stress. Um, so you're feeling less 
anxious, less uh, depressed, but you're also getting the positive endorphins from that exercise, so you're feeling good at the same time. Um, so it, it's, I mean, you're, you're getting all kinds of great benefits from working out, even just a little bit. And to piggyback on that, on the spiritual side, breath is recognized by most religious traditions as being associated with the spirit. In fact, in Hebrew and Greek, the word for spirit also means breath. So what's mm -hmm. interesting is when we're here and focused on our breath, whether you're doing yoga or running or you're doing that breath management, there's a spiritual piece to it. So of course the endorphin high and so forth is wonderful. I'm, I run too, not as much as you anymore, but it's great. Um, but I believe there's a spiritual piece. And for those of you trying to get your spirituality in, a lot of folks will sit with their, their scripture reading or their devotion in the morning and coffee. I challenge you, Get on your spin bike, get on a recumbent <laughs> bike and, and try to either, and if you can't sit and read it, like throw on headphones. I actually have three or four, for my tradition, Bible audiobooks that I'll listen to mm -hmm. and they're chaptered out. I listen to them in the morning. It's how I personally do it because I'm an auditory learner. If you're someone who needs to read, like sit down with it and just get some movement in, you'll feel better. I swear you'll feel better. Um, so just, just give it a go. It's a way to double dip. Um, so to speak. So. so to summarize everything that we talked about today, and, and we talked about a lot, I think the biggest thing is to try to identify what your particular obstacles are to um, having a fitness lifestyle and then figuring out how you're going to negotiate those things um, with the important people in your life, with all your, your different responsibilities, whether that be parenting or a crazy work schedule, and then uh, finding ways throughout the day that you can, can make physical fitness work. And just kind of opening up your mind in terms of what you think about uh, physical fitness as being. It doesn't have to be as traditional as going to the gym you know, every single day for an hour. That's just not feasible for all of us. So um, be very interested to hear if you guys have some recommendations or little tips and tricks in your own physical fitness lives. Please feel free to reach out to any one of us, and we hope you have a great Air Force Day. Thanks for listening to The Pillars.